0: good evening. How's everybody doing out there? You doing good? How about you guys watching at home? You doing all right tonight? It just started to rain here at the church, and so uh, we're just anticipating it's going to be a little wet, but guess what? Here we are inside this beautiful building, and it's good and dry. Hallelujah. This is Healing School, and uh, we've been talking about What Jesus had said, he said, the things that I did, the works that I do, shall you do also. And then he also went on to say that greater works shall you do, because I go to my Father. And so Jesus has anointed us, he's empowered us by the Holy Spirit, who has not only come into our heart to live through the new birth, but he's come upon us and empowered us to heal the sick. And so we've been doing a study on determining how Jesus brought healing to those that he touched. How many believe that Jesus healed while he was here on the earth? You believe that? Amen. Well, how did he do it? Well, that's a good question, don't you think? How did he do it? If we don't know how he did it, then how can we expect to do his same works? And so that's what we've been talking about. Now, if you talk to uh, people about this and you ask that question, how did Jesus heal during his earthly ministry, I think primarily or... In, uh, in abundance, people would say, well, he healed because he was the Son of God. And uh, don't get me wrong, Jesus is and always will be the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. But if he had healed the people during his earthly ministry because he was the Son of God, then how could we be expected to heal those around us while we're on the earth representing him? Obviously, we couldn't because we are not the Son of God. Amen? We are his children, but we aren't God. And so Jesus, it's very simple that Jesus did the healings on his earthly ministry because God the Father anointed him. So let's start over in Acts chapter uh, 10 tonight. Go with me to Acts 10 and let's let's just look at this just uh, to bring ourselves to remembrance. Praise the Lord, and we'll pray here in just a second. Get over here to Acts chapter 10. This particular scripture really can open up our eyes to how God heals in our midst and how he can expect us to heal others around us. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost but he also anointed him with power. Again, I'm at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So Jesus was anointed to bring healing to the generation that he uh, ministered to during his earthly ministry. Now look what this anointing did. It empowered him to do good. Well, what's good? Healing. Healing. How many? all that were oppressed of the devil. Notice that the Bible makes a distinction that God brings healing, and the devil is the one who brings sickness. You know, that's something that we need to get settled in our mind and in our heart, that, that God will never afflict anybody with any kind of sickness or any kind of a illness or any kind of a disease, because that that really is the opposite of who God is and the opposite of what he does. But notice here that it doesn't say how Jesus, because he was the son of God, went about and did good and healed. Do you notice that your scripture doesn't say that? It says that he was able to do the good of healing because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And that's why our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. Let's go ahead and pray and believe God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to see from Scripture not only how Jesus brought healing to those that that he was around and and was with, but, Lord, you're showing us how to do it. We know it's your will. And so we thank you right now. We thank you right now for opening our eyes and causing us to see. And thank you for, for helping us to get this down into our spirit as our mind begins to agree with what you say in your word. We thank you now in Jesus' name. So first and foremost, Jesus healed because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But there's something else that Jesus did that was very important and was very vital. I want you to go over to Matthew chapter 9. Now you understand that just because something is the will of God it doesn't come to us automatically did, did anybody hear that yeah. just because something is the the will the plan the the desire of god <laughs> the purpose of god it doesn't mean that that which is his will comes to you and i automatically it must be appropriated it must be received yes. by us individuals in order for it to become a reality in our life. I think the the most obvious example of that, of course, is salvation. Mm -hmm. Right? The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But notice that we have to believe and receive that gift of salvation in order to be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. It's true also concerning healing. Hallelujah. (laughs) So you're over there in the ninth chapter of Matthew. And again, let's look at the ministry of Jesus. And really, this is what you and I are going to have to do if we're going to see the same works that Jesus saw. He said that Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Notice what he did. He taught. He taught the word of God in their synagogues. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. And then on the heels of his teaching ministry and his preaching ministry, then he was able to get people to receive healing. He was able to get them to be part of the process of receiving their healing. Do you see that? And so (laughs) if we're going to see people around us to receive their healing, then they're going to have to hear the word of God. What does the Word of God do for us? Well, first of all, it gives us faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Many times it tells us in Scripture when Jesus uh, helped someone to receive their healing, he said, your faith has made you whole. Mm -hmm. Well, most of what you and I are going to do in helping others to be healed is that we're going to do it by the principles of faith. Faith is a receiver, an appropriator, of what the will of God is for our life. It receives what Jesus has already provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so faith is a necessary item. So that's why Jesus went about, and primarily his ministry entailed teaching. That was the number one thing that Jesus did. That's why he received the results that he received in his ministry. Because the people that were around him began to get filled with the knowledge of God's word, and therefore faith was imparted to them. And when they acted on their faith and released their faith, then they received what Jesus came to provide. Now go over to Luke chapter 6. And let's look at verse, I believe it's verse eighteen. Now I want you to see the the latter part of the verse seventeen, it's Luke six. 17, it says that Jesus stood in the plain and the company of disciples, and it talks about a great multitude of people came out of the region around about where he was, and notice what it says, it says that they came to do what? They came to Jesus to do what? In the King James, they came to hear him. They came to get the Word of God. Do you know that you and I cannot believe beyond our knowledge of the Word of God? Let me say that again. You and I cannot believe beyond the knowledge that we have of the Word of God. So understand that these people came first and foremost to hear. Notice that the hearing comes first. It says, they came to hear and then on the heels of hearing the word of God and to be healed of their diseases. This is what the New International Version says. It says, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. The New Living says, they had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. It says over here in the New American Standard, Who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases? So, if you and I, if you and I are going to have success in seeing people healed and delivered from sickness and diseases and even terminal cases, hello? How do you know? Don't you know that the doctors don't have the last say? Doctors are limited in knowledge. We're thankful for them. We're excited of what they can do for us and have done for us. But you know they have limitations because they're human. Since God is God, he has no limits. And so God is going to use us. He's going to use us to bring healing to those around us. Now, we began talking about How do we go about doing that as individual believers? Well, first and foremost, I want you to see that you were commissioned by the head of the church to pray for the sick. Go on over to Mark chapter 16. You're there in Luke. If you got a hard copy, just go to your left and go to chapter 16. For you with an app, just uh, start hitting some buttons. Amen. Mark 16, and and, and I, I realize that everyone here knows this scripture. Praise God. But you know, faith comes by hearing and continuing to hear. Faith doesn't come by having heard, faith comes by hearing present tense, hearing now. And so look at this. This is Jesus speaking, and, and really he's making a blueprint for those that are following him. That's what it means to be a disciple. He's, he's making a blueprint for those who were going to be you know, his spiritual body on the earth and, and continue his work on the earth of setting people free. And so he's beginning to show them about verse 15. Notice it begins to say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. See, we've got to get the word into people so they have faith. When they begin to have faith, then they have the knowledge of God's will. When they have the knowledge of God's will, they have faith to receive what God has provided. And so understand that the preaching of the word is of utmost importance. How many of you know that a farmer can't expect to have a harvest from his field unless he puts seed in the ground? And we can't expect to see people healed unless we get the, the seed of the word into their spirits. There's got to be a seed there in order to receive. For if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say, unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be planted into the sea. So understand that when you're considering someone around you that needs healing, you've got to begin helping them to receive the word of God, to receive the seed which will produce their miracle. Amen? Amen. I can remember back in the day, um, all I wanted to do was just lay hands on people to be healed. Yeah. I just, you know, Jesus said to lay hands on the sick. I just want to lay hands on the sick. And uh, didn't really see a whole lot of success. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now, many years after that season, I, I see why. It wasn't that it wasn't the will of God for them to be healed. It was because they didn't have faith to receive what Jesus had provided for them. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Understand this, that any time that you're pursuing healing or someone else that you know is pursuing healing, understand that God will never withhold what he's already provided for you. Listen to me, this this is very important. Because religion has made us go in the opposite direction. When you and I are, how do I want to say this? It just doesn't seem like, you know, the, the power of God is, is working in a person's body. Maybe it's ourself or maybe it's someone else. And we begin to question, well, maybe, maybe it's not God's will. Maybe it's not God's timing. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Understand that it's never on the Godward side of the ledger, that that person hasn't been completely and totally healed yet. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be on our side. Religion will tell you, no, it's all God. Remember, he's all powerful. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. You know, that's that's West. what he does. And he mysteriously does that, you know, randomly, you know, to teach and to show us things. That's a bunch of religious hooey. That's just an excuse for continuing to be ignorant of the Word of God. So if there's any time that you're believing for healing for yourself or for someone else, if there seems to be a a hindrance or a delay or it just seems like a connection isn't being made, it's not because God is withholding it from us. We've got to get that settled. It's on my side. I need to make some adjustments. Yeah. I've got to. I got to get get into his book with the help of the Holy Spirit and to begin discovering what I'm not, what spiritual laws I'm not applying, the laws of faith. Where am I? Where am I short circuiting the power? Amen. You know, uh, years ago, my wife and I we we built a house and. Uh, I was not an electrician, but I found out in the state of Colorado, if you're building your own home, you can, you can wire your own house. And I'm thinking about it now, and I, I'm thinking, what was I thinking when I decided to do that? So we, we, uh, we had a, a new house, and here I am. I'm, I'm wiring it. And uh, I would find out every once in a while that, that there'd be like a, a light that wouldn't light or a, a socket that, that wouldn't, didn't have juice to it? Well, I didn't automatically think it was the power company's fault. I was at least smart enough to know I did something wrong in the wiring. Sorry. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. I have a short somewhere, and even though the power's going to this electrical socket, maybe it can't flow because there's a short somewhere. And so instead of blaming REA, who is the power company where, that was servicing that house, instead of blaming them, I knew it was me and the way I wired. And so I had to go back over everything, find the problem. And, you know, by the grace of God, we were able to fix all those mistakes. We didn't burn the house down because it wasn't wired right. It was just an awesome thing. And God will help you with those kinds of things. And the same with healing. I said, the same with healing. You know, the Holy Spirit is in us, and he's there to bring light. Whenever we get to this place where we we just don't know what else to do, where else to turn, he's in you to give Amen. you direction. Amen. He'll so never sorry. withhold. And so all you have to do is just pause and say, okay, Lord, i <laughs> It appears that I'm missing it somewhere. I know it's not you, right? Because we got that settled in our mind and in our heart. So I'm asking you to help me to see where I missed it, and I guarantee you he'll shine light on that area that you either need to adjust or change, and bam, the light's going to come on. Amen. Amen. Amen? So just understand that. So here we are in Mark 16... And uh, down here, uh, he talks about in verse 17, he says, And these signs shall follow, or accompany, or be a part of the life of believers. Now understand, it says, to them that believe. Notice it doesn't say, to those pastors, to those apostles. Apostles. to those evangelists, to those teachers. Amen. It says, to those that have believed on the Lord and are saved. See, that's when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. He doesn't come inside of us when we, you know, when he places us in some sort of office in the body of Christ. He's talking to every born-again believer. And so that includes every one of us. That includes everyone out there in Streamland. Right? And so we need to take this personal, as if we're in the presence of Jesus right now. And he's looking at us, and he's saying, as as a born-again believer, I've empowered you to have these signs in your life. And they're going to follow you. Amen? So look what he says. He says, in my name, you're going to have authority over the devil. Amen? Notice it says, in his name. Right? Because we're strong in the Lord or of his might. How do we do that? By using his name. In my name, you're going to take authority over devils. Notice the next thing says: that in my name, you're going to speak with new tongues, meaning that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, through the new birth, we are born of the Spirit, but we can also experience being filled to overflowing with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into us to develop us, but the Holy Spirit can also come upon us to use us as instruments of his power. Actually, being baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues is the doorway into the gifts and the uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to miss out on that. You want to get that, and that's for, obviously for every believer. It says that, verse 18, you're going to take up serpents. <clears throat> and if you drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt you. And here's what I wanted you to see. In the very latter part of that, verse 18... He says that in my name, (coughs) they, who's they, the believers, or could we say you and I, that in his name, you're going to do what? (coughs) Excuse me. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You can do what? You're going to lay hands, <clears throat> you're going to lay hands on the sick. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that I'm whole? Amen. <laughs> Aren't you glad that I'm healed? <coughs> Aren't you glad by, highest, by his stripes, Yes. <clears throat> I was healed? Amen. 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 And so, you have the head of the church that is speaking to you and saying, through you, when you lay hands on people who are sick, <clears throat> when you use my name, the power that's in you is going to flow out of you through your hand and be transferred to that individual that needs healing in their body. Amen. Amen. And you may feel it flow out of you or you may not. Faith doesn't work by feelings. Faith works by believing. And so it's our responsibility that when we lay hands on the sick, that we believe the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us by that person of the Holy Ghost is flowing out of us to the recipient that we're laying our hands upon. And you got to believe that. And when you're done praying and when you say amen, when you say so be it, you believe right there that they're recovering. And that's interesting to note. We shall lay hands on the sick, and what? Notice it doesn't say, and they are healed. No, it says they're what? It says they're recovering. So there may be a time delay. There may be a time delay when you lay your hands on them. And you believe that they have their healing until you see where the full manifestation of the healing happens later on. But realize that in the spirit, it's now their personal uh, possession. Amen. Hallelujah. It's just like a, a seed you put in the ground. I mean, I haven't seen any of those magic beans yet around here where you can, you know, put a, Uh, a magic bean in the ground and you get an instant uh, vine that goes up into the clouds, right? It takes time for seed, time, and harvest. And so there can be a growing time. Amen. So, what, what is the progression? Well, number one, you've got to make sure the recipient that you're praying for believes it's the will of God for them to be healed. Most people that that need healing, they, they question whether it's the will of God for them to be healed or not. And so you've got to show them from Scripture, understand that the will of God is revealed by the word of God. And so to get this person in a position to receive their healing, they've got to believe it's already God's will for them to be healed. How can we make sure that they have faith for healing when you hear them say and express to you that it's the Lord's will for them to be healed? You know, it's interesting, when when Jesus ministered to people, many times he would ask ask the people questions before he ministered to them. And through conversation, he would locate them. Let me let me give you a quick example. Going over to uh, where do I want to go? I believe I want to go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Now remember, don't be like me. Don't be all anxious to lay hands on somebody. Start talking to them. Start locating them. You're finding out on what level of agreement you can come in with them for them to receive their healing. There may be times that you'll find out that a person is just not at a place to receive solely by releasing their faith. And maybe they need to go see a doctor. Right. I remember years ago that our daughter faced, uh, you know, surgery. And so the two of us sat down and, I, you know, we asked each other, well, what can you believe for? And I said, well, I can believe for this. And, and my wife said, well, I can believe for that. Well, in order to get in agreement with one another, we had to agree to the, you know, the lower means, so to speak, to receive healing. And so we used the doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. You still got to have faith to use the doctor. In fact, I wonder if we need more, we need to have more faith in manifestation when we use the doctor. Come on, amen. Amen? Because you're, you're trusting that, you know, God's working through humanity mm-hmm. and through the wisdom of man. Hallelujah. But either way, you got to believe God. Now, notice here Jesus comes down off the mountain. It says, great multitudes followed him. And Look at verse two it says, all of a sudden, here comes a, a leper. One with a skin disease. Actually, a disease is actually, the, the skin is, is actually rotting right on the person's body. And he began to worship Jesus saying, If you will. I think that's exactly where a majority of Christians are. He says, If you will. I know you can make me whole. See, everyone believes that God can. The hindrance comes in whether he's willing. And that's why God sometimes gets blamed for a lot of tragedy. Because we know he can, but why isn't he, is the question. So this, this man comes to Jesus. He's got an incurable disease. I'm assuming he's sought out means to be healed and, and wasn't any better. And so he comes to Jesus, and he says, if you will. See that? You see that in verse 2? If you will, you can make me whole. Notice what Jesus, Jesus' reply is in verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand, touching him. Well, that's what he told us to do. And these signs will follow them to believe in my, in my name. You shall lay hands on the sick. Here, here's Jesus. He's laying his hand. See, we're just following Jesus. Hello? He's our prototype. He's our example. He's the blueprint to allowing God to work to those around us. Notice he says, I will. Do you know that you can't find anywhere in the, in the ministry of Jesus where he refused anyone healing that should tell us something the second area you've got to find out if the person you're praying for first of all they believe it's the will of God for them to be healed you've got to ask them well, will you believe when I pray for you that you'll receive your healing Now, this is where faith is involved. The mind says, well, I don't know. If I do, then yeah, and if I don't, I don't. Well, that's not how faith works. That's being flesh, you know, oriented. That's walking by your senses. That's walking, you know, through the evidence of the outer man. you got to take God at his word. We use the scripture over there in John chapter 16, where Jesus himself said in the 23rd verse, He says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he's going to do it. Hitherto, if you ask nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive. You shall receive. So you're going to have to show people this evidence that God will heal them when you pray. Will you be healed? Well, according to what Jesus said, yes, I believe. See, everything that we believe has to be according to the word of God to have faith activated and working in what we're doing. And that's what brings the desired results. Amen? Amen. Amen. So number one, it's the will of God. Number two, will you receive healing when you pray? When you're receiving healing for yourself, you've got to take these same steps. Amen? Amen. If it's his will, then He'll, you and he can figure out how to get it. Amen. Number two, when you pray for yourself, you got to believe that he heard you and that you have what you've asked him for. Mm -hmm. That's called confidence. Assurity. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's called trust. To to put the rubber on the road, faith is simply trust. Mm -hmm. You trust God in what he has said and that you're fully persuaded that he'll bring to pass what he's promised. Amen? Amen. Then the third place of agreement, it took us a while to get here tonight, you've got to get the recipient or the person that you're praying for that once faith is released, once the word of God is acted upon, meaning that you believe it's his will, meaning that you believe when you pray you, you you will receive, But when when the prayer is prayed, faith is released, and amen has been said, you've got to maintain a position that you believe you have received your healing. You have to believe that you receive your healing. Going over to Mark 11. Praise the Lord. Go over to Mark 11 and go on down to the 22nd verse. Now understand that Peter is curious why the fig tree that Jesus spoke to dried up and was withered away. And so Jesus began to teach him how faith works. And here in verse 22, Jesus says, Have the faith of God. Understand, faith isn't something you get. Faith is something that you have. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, we believe and therefore we speak. We also believe and therefore speak. We having the same spirit of faith. You have the exact same faith that Jesus has. Mm -hmm. Because it's the God kind of faith. So you have that. So he's saying here in verse 22, have the faith of God. Now verse 23 talks about releasing our faith by saying. And verse 24 talks about releasing our faith by praying. Well, tonight we're kind of working on releasing our faith by praying, which would be verse 24, because you're praying for someone, you're laying hands on someone. Amen. And so Jesus says, therefore I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray, it says that you are to believe something. Right, Understand that faith is an activity of your heart, and with the heart, man believeth. And with the heart, man believeth. And so faith is of the heart. It's not of the intellect. It certainly isn't of the emotions. It's not per uh, our senses. It's according to what we believe. So Jesus is saying that when you pray, when you lay hands on someone and you release the power of God into someone's body, then you've got to believe something when you pray. What am I to believe, Jesus? That that person who you have prayed for has received their healing. It says, believe that you receive, and in this case is healing, believe that they receive their healing and they what? Shall have them. Now, the shall have them is directly proportionate to what you believe when you pray. Amen. Amen. Now, my wife and I, we've been doing this. I don't know. I've lost track. It's somewhere between 33 and 35 years we've been pastoring. And uh, we've seen this more times than not, that people come up for prayer you know you you do your best to prepare them and they get up here and you know they always seem to come you know with a with a a, a demeanor you know It's kind of how do I want to say you know kind of despondent kind of kind of you can sense some fear you can sense some anticipation you can sense you know a bewilderment And then you you lay your hands on them. You sense the power of God going in them. You're reminded of what the word says, that Jesus said that when you lay your hands on them in his name, that they shall recover. And so you sense that the power of God is working in them to will and to do of his good pleasure. And yet their countenance doesn't change. They, They seem to walk back to their chair the same way they came. So you begin to see that they're not believing that they received their healing. Amen. You know, faith can be seen. Remember that crippled man and his four crazy friends? <laughs> they, they, they took on, a, <clears throat> on a, uh, a stretcher, so to speak, four men, you know, one on each corner. They took them to a meeting that Jesus was having in, in a building. And, well, there was just too many people. And people were filled the building, and there was people all around the building. And they couldn't get in to bring their friend before Jesus because they believed that Jesus would heal him. So they, they tried to get this man in the presence of Jesus. So they couldn't get in, and they didn't want to miss their opportunity. So they climbed up on the roof. They, they tore, I don't know what they used back in those days, but they tore whatever the roof was made out of with a big enough opening that they could drop a man down by a rope on this stretcher. And when Jesus saw what they were doing to get this man in the presence of him, he said, or the scripture says, when he saw their faith. A lot of times you, you can see faith with our attitude. If you believe you have something that you didn't have before you prayed, but now you got it because hands were laid on in you, right? And now you believe that, you know, according to scripture, the power's working in you. If you really believe that, your counting is going to change. There's going to be a spring in your step. You're going to be excited. You're going to be expectant. You're going to be joyful. And that burden that you had brought down with you has now been resolved if you have engaged your faith. And so we need to make sure that people get into this place where they believe they receive their healing. Now, what happens most of the time that causes all of this is that when people are prayed for, the first thing they do is they go to their body to see if they're healed. And if the symptoms are still there, if the pain is still there, if they still can't move that part of their body that needed the healing, then they figure, well, it didn't work. Didn't work. But remember what Jesus told us in Mark. When you lay hands on the sick in my name, it says that they shall recover. Understand that what a lot of times creates the, the time period between the releasing of faith and the complete manifestation of what you're believing for is dependent upon the power that is administered to you by the individual praying for you. And that, that amount of power is usually determined by your faith in laying hands on that person and the faith that is put into manifestation by the person receiving the healing and the anointing. Those two factors determine many times how long it takes for it to manifest. Hallelujah. So the person praying for you, has their faith engaged in the person receiving the healing, anointing, and the power to, to bring about the cure they have their faith engaged, then it's going to be a short amount of time. Because you both are in agreement that he's working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now understand that knowing that, you've got to stay in that position of believing you receive it until it's completely manifested in your body. And that takes patience, That takes consistency. In fact, you you need to continue to feed your faith during that process so so that you continue to stay strong in faith. How can I know I'm strong in faith? Well, it tells us in Romans chapter 4 that when you're strong in faith, you're going to give glory to God. Mm -hmm. We should spend most of our time, when we believe we receive our healing, just thanking the Lord for it. Because that's what strong faith does. Let's look at that. Going over to Romans chapter 4. Now notice verse 19. You with me Romans 4:19 and this is the story of Abraham, the father of our faith. And he had a promise from God that even though he was too old to be a father and because his wife was too old to be a mother, that he was going to give him a man child and that he'd be a, a father of many nations. And there was a long process that God had to bring Abraham through to get him to that place where he could believe he had something he couldn't see. And that's gonna be the same, I don't wanna use the word struggle, but that's the same thing that you and I have to get over. Our senses are not the final word. What we see is not the final word. What we see is not the final word. The final word is the Word of God. Amen. And so there's times that we have to put our senses in neutral meaning that we don't rely upon them. We rely upon what God says. Amen? Amen? So here's Abraham, and understand that this process for Abraham, from the point of time that God told him that he'd be the father of many nations, until Sarah conceived and brought forth that child, historians say it was anywhere between 18 to 22 years. But here's where he got the victory is what we're about to see. You ready? So here's chapter 4 of Romans. We're looking at verse 19. And it says that Abraham and, of course, Sarah, he says they were not weak in faith. Now, you understand that faith can be you have no faith. It could be you have weak faith. You can have strong faith, and you can have the greatest faith. All those adjectives are used concerning faith in the Gospels. And now here, in the letter written to the Romans, or the Roman church. Notice that weak faith does what? He goes on to say, it considers your body, or it considers what you see. It considers what you feel. So, if I'm looking at my body to tell me whether I'm healed or not, that's weak faith. Come on, amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many know that weak faith isn't going to bring the results we need? Hallelujah. Well, if, if weak faith is considering my feelings and what I see, then what is strong faith? So being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, which was dead, meaning that he could not produce a child because he was 100, about 100 years old. And he didn't consider the body of his wife, Sarah. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. So I'm assuming that she had, uh, had gone through... Um, what's that word that you gals... Um, Labor. No. What happens when you stop having your cycle? You go through menopause. Oh. So Sarah... Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> she was past childbearing age, meaning that she was no longer producing an egg. So here's Abraham who can't produce a seed, and here's Sarah, his wife, that can't produce an egg. And they were considering that. And that's what made their faith weak. But then they changed. And they took their eyes off of what they could see. They took their eyes off of you know, experience and what people are telling them about their condition. Because how many of you know, how many people mocked Abraham, whose name means the father of many nations, and he doesn't even have a child? I bet they found, you know, some handwriting about Abraham in the latrine somewhere, you know. Who's this guy think he is? Amen. Amen. But see, they took their eyes off of the natural realm and what they could see. It goes on. He staggered not, meaning that he chose not to unbelieve, but he chose to believe the promise of God. And he was what? Strong in Faith. He used to be weak in faith because he was considering their physical condition, but now he's considering the promise of God, the word of God, the covenant of God. And he became strong in faith, saying, God said it, it's mine. God said it, it's mine. God said it, it's mine. I'm the father of many nations. Now remember, faith can be seen. How how do we recognize... Strong faith. Well, what was Abraham doing? It says that he was not weak, but strong in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. Now, understand that Abraham was giving glory to God when his body was still telling him he'll never have a child. Amen. Come on. And that's what you and I are going to have to do. You want to have strong faith? I want to have strong faith. That means I've got to deny my body and what it's telling me to cause me not to trust God. But I'm going to continue to believe what he said. I'm going to believe and consider it mine. Hallelujah. Now understand, in order to stay strong in faith, you've got to keep yourself exposed to the word of God. Because that's what makes us strong. I can't expect to pray once. And then go about my business and not spend time with Him in His Word. This is where we, we, we have a tendency to fall short. All right? So it says here that He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, why was He giving God glory? Why was He praising God? Why was he shouting hallelujah? Because in verse 21, it says that he had become fully persuaded. What was he completely and totally assured of? That what God had promised, now understand the promise is his word. What God has said, what God said was his, by what he spoke to him, it says that he believed that he was able to bring it to pass. He was able also to perform. And so here's Abraham. Woo-hoo. God says, I'm the father of many nations. He drug me outside the other night and pointed to all the stars. He said, this is what? This is your legacy. Through the sun I've given you, all these stars represent all the people that are going to come through you. And he got an image on the inside of him. He began to see with his spirit what God had promised him, what God had given him, and then it got to the degree that it solidified in him that that was his. That's mine. And that caused what he was seeing with his eyes to diminish, and what he believed in his heart rose up. And because he saw it and he believed it, he began to give glory to God. Amen? Amen. And that's what we have to do with these people that were Helping to receive their healing. Amen. Well, Pastor, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Well, first of all, (laughs) you're not alone. He's helping you. Amen, yes, He is. And if these people are really sincere, it's not going to be a problem at all. In fact, it's going to be a tremendous blessing. Because, how many times in the past did people help us to get to that place of receiving yeah, our man. miracle? Yes. Right? Yes, sir. And I'll tell you what, they get their first miracle, they're on to getting their second, Woo-hoo. and their third, <coughs> and their fourth. <coughs> and then they'll start being used of God in praying for the sick and helping others to receive healing. Because that's how it works. I'll tell you, it's exciting. It's exciting to be used of the Lord. You know? Mm -hmm. To see people get set free. To see people receive what God has provided for them. To just be a part of that mechanism of what God is doing on the earth. There's no greater joy. Mm -hmm. And the awesome thing about it is it's eternal. I mean, we get accolades, you know, in the world... But all those things are just temporary. Mm-hmm. Yes, and a lot of those things that give us a, you know, a shot in the arm and a little bit of a buzz down here of, you know, accomplishing something, it's only going to last as long as we're on the earth. Mm-hmm. But if you help somebody to receive what God has provided for somebody, and, and you, you, God used you to be a part Of that miracle Mm -hmm. you're going to be known for that in heaven forever in fact the bible tells us that you and i will be clothed with our good works so you won't have to tell anybody about how god used you on the earth they're going to see the clothing you're wearing they're going to go (laughs) awesome Amen. amen it's good Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. I've enjoyed being with you. I trust that uh, the Lord has shown you something. I I trust that the Lord has girded you up and encouraged you in your faith. And I hope that you're even more excited about receiving everything that the Lord has for you through getting the word into our hearts and by using our faith to create it in our lives. So let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that you've entrusted us to do your works on the earth. We understand, Jesus, that you're our head, and we are your spiritual body. And everything that you do here on the earth is through your body. Well, Father, here are we. Here are we. We are your body. Use us to help others for your glory In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you all that were here with the stream. Glad to have you a part of the service. God bless. (laughs)